Hi everyone, Beth here. If you are struggling to find your homeschool vibe and are looking for ways to get your kids to get their schoolwork done, or ways for you to keep your sanity as a homeschool parent, or how to handle your many responsibilities while still feeling relaxed and loving homeschooling, then my book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe, might be just what you're looking for. In my book, I share how to shift your mindset to help you as the parent stay focused on the point of all of this, which is the love of learning. I also share some tried and true homeschool mom life hacks for every day. You can find the book in the show notes or by searching for Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Before the episode begins, we just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Remember, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify, which helps the podcast get noticed by more people, which helps more homeschool families. Don't forget to check the show notes for other ways to support the podcast. Let's get the show started. Okay, hi. Welcome to our third podcast. Yay. Peaceful Homeschool Podcast with Emma and Beth. I'm Emma. And I'm Beth. Yay, we're here together today. Um, so you've met us both already. You've got to, you got to hear our stories about our kids um, and about why we are homeschooling and our own experiences with school. And so here we are. I was able to go to a um, homeschool conference in my new state over the weekend, which was really awesome. I got to meet some really awesome authors and listen to some super inspirational talks and it was great um so if you haven't listened to oh no that's not on a podcast if you haven't seen the pictures on our site i was able to post a picture of annie who is in charge of annie and everything or it's not that hard to homeschool k through eight and it's not that hard to homeschool high school and i've used advice from her site for years and years since a few years before my oldest was in high school. So that's been super helpful. If you haven't visited her site, you should go do so. But she is going to be on our podcast coming up. Yay! Um, and also the author, Natalie Bruce, of um, Jesus Yoga Pants Homeschool, the book, um, she spoke as well and was super awesome and also agreed to be on our podcast. So <laughs> super exciting. We have super fun things coming up. Um, well, what are we talking about today? We are talking about how you can pull your kids out of public school if you want to. Okay. So Beth and I both schooled our kids at home since the beginning. So we have not had to pull our kids out of public school. Um, but that is a question that we hear a lot in groups and online and with friends. And people are, I mean, or even at the hairdresser, right, Beth? Yes, I did. I have a, <laughs> a mom asking me um, if it was even possible. She's like, she was wondering, can I just take him out of school right now? He's miserable and I'm miserable. And and she didn't even know that she could. I was like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> you get <laughs> and to. It, <laughs> yes, and it's kind of scary, I think, if your kids have been in public school for a long time, you know, having run a big group, I've had so many questions. I've fielded so many times like, oh my gosh, I I can't keep doing this public school for whatever reason. And obviously public school is a great fit for a lot of people and that they want their kids there and it works out well for them. But for some people, it's just not the best fit. 
And when people figure out like, okay, wait, this is not working for my child or my kids. Um, they are like, what do I do now? And it could feel really scary. I can't imagine what that would feel like. Like if your kids have been in public school this whole time. Yeah. Change is hard anyway. And Legit. even if you're in a miserable situation, it can be really hard sometimes to make that jump because you never Legit. know, like, is it going to feel, is it going to be right for us? And so it can be kind of scary. Yeah, for sure. But Beth and I are here to tell you for sure, you can absolutely pull your kids out of public school, like no doubt about it. It is legal in all 50 states if you're listening to us in the United States, although we have had people listen to us in Germany and the UK and India. So hello to all of you as well. But in the United States, which is where we both are, it is legal in all 50 states to homeschool your kids. We know that in Germany it is illegal and there are other places where you cannot homeschool your kids, but we luckily have the freedom to do that here. So if you're here and you want to pull your kids out somewhere here in the U.S., you can do it like today. You yeah. don't have to wait. Yeah, you don't have to wait for the next semester or the end of the school year. You don't have to wait. You can do it this second. You can go to the school right now and do it if you want to. <laughs> Absolutely. And like there are different laws for each state that is imperative that you know before you make the decision that you know what you have to do. You may have to, you know, submit a withdrawal letter or a letter of intent. Um, you may have to file something with your board of education. Um, there are, a, I mean, a lot of different legalities that have to do with it. They are not, they shouldn't prohibit you from doing what you need to do, though. So there are some great um, sites that you can look at, your, de your Department of Education for your specific state. And then also, if you look at Homeschool Legal Defense Association, also known to homeschoolers as HSLDA, um, if you look at their website, it will tell you state by state what you have to do to be able to withdraw your kids. We will have that link in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. So if you click on there and then go click on your state, you'll be able to find out uh, what you have to do in your state. Um, again, it's always good to double check your Department of Education as well for your specific state. And then like join some homeschool groups, be like, hey, I'm brand new. I'm just pulling my kids out right now. Like I need to know. And for sure, you need to follow the legalities for your state, like so super important. But it's also really good to just have somebody right there with you who's been there and who can say like, hey, it's super easy. Here's how you're going to do it. And you can just go and pull your kid out today or tomorrow. Um, yeah, I have a question for you, Emma. Yes. Um, okay, so <laughs> what if I went to my school and I said, I want to homeschool. And they said to me, you can't do it. Well, you have to do it our way. You have to use our school district's independent study program. Is that homeschooling? And do I have to do that? No and no. And and for sure, the school districts are not trying to steer you wrong. They're not trying to tell you, nope, like you're out to do it this way. And, and they're not, it's not like they're lying, but they don't often know what is required for homeschoolers. They know it's required for public school. And so relying on them to have the information to give you to how to how to be able to legally homeschool your kids they're not the people to find out from so if they say you have to be an independent study which is basically you still have a public school teacher and they're just like take this work home and do it and then bring it back and we're going to grade you and you're still going to be our student um you do not have to do that 
that's not re what's required. And even if they tell you that, as long as you are armed with the information from HSLDA and the information from your Department of Ed Education, um, you'll know that you don't have to do that. And like I said, it's really important too to link up with homeschoolers in your state, in the state that I am currently in. Um, there's an organization called Families for Home Education um, who also agreed to be on our podcast, by the way. Um, and if you link up with, you know, the groups in your state, you will know in our state, they will say like, oh no, they're going to ask you to file, to sign this. They're going to ask you to sign something. They're going to ask you to do whatever when you try to withdraw and and the people at FHE here will say like, oh no, you don't have to do any of that. Here are the rules. You just need to follow the rules for homeschooling, not for public schooling. Does that answer your question? Thank you so much. And oh, something I'd like to add is um, that when you do find other homeschoolers to talk to, just understand that every homeschooler does it a different way. So yep. you want to probably talk to a few different ones or go on some group sites and um, like on Facebook groups or something like that. And and get input from multiple people, because if you only go to like one source, you're just like, if you only go to the school district, it might not be the right fit for you. So totally. shop around and make sure you're finding what works for your, your personality and your child's personality. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. And even though Beth and I have been doing this alongside each other for a gazillion years, or like at least 14 years, um, we do it a little bit differently. Every family that we know and even those that we've helped to raise our kids together with, we all do it a little bit different and that's okay. You yeah. have to find the style that works for your family once you have gone through the legalities of making sure you've done what you need to do to legally homeschool in your state. Yes, totally agree. Okay, so once you are homeschooling, so say you've pulled your child out, then you're trying to figure out like, what does that need to look like? And again, in each state, it's so different. You may have to keep records or a copy of like a syllabus. Um, if you're using like a, a curriculum, maybe your table of contents, you might have to keep a planner. Um, and, and you have to keep samples. You don't have to keep everything that your child's ever done, but usually you have to keep some samples from each subject. And in some states, you have to track hours as well. So that's why it's super important to know specific state law for your state so that you're so that you can do what you need to do. And then you're on your way. You get to start deciding like how you're going to homeschool your kids. That's awesome. What do you think that could look like? <laughs> it can look like however you really want it to. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. That's the coolest thing. Like all the time people are like, I want to do this. I want to skip these chapters because my kid already knows them or whatever. And yeah, you can do that. You can do whatever you want for the most part within the guidelines of your state law. Right, right. Just make sure I say that again. Um, but it also with the going back to a little bit of the with the tracking and hours, if that sounds complicated, just know that it doesn't have to be. Um, yes. It really doesn't. It, sometimes it can sound a little overwhelming or a little bit like, oh, my gosh, I don't have time for more paperwork in my life. But really, you can make it in a really simplified way to to follow the state's rules. Like, you just can for customize sure. it in, in ways that work for you. For sure. And there's like um, like a little app you can use or there's, you know, little trackers you can use that are paper. Whatever, whatever works best for you to be able to keep track of those hours and that still fits in with the laws of your state. Like it, it does not have to be a big deal. And that's also why it's super important to get to know homeschoolers in your own state 
because they can say like, oh yeah, you don't have to make it as difficult as you're making it. You can do it like this and they can help you figure out, you know, what fits into different categories and whatever. It's, it really doesn't have to be super, you know, already you're going to be going through a lot of chains and this really doesn't have to be something that prohibits you from doing it. Okay, so once you're homeschooling, there are a lot of different ways to homeschool your kids. And there are a lot of things that are called homeschooling. And in the sense that you are schooling your kids at home or educating your kids at home, they are homeschooling, but they may or may not be affiliated with a public school. So you have to kind of define what you're doing um, and how you're going about that. And now that Beth and I live in two different states, we have different options as far as what we can use. Um, I mean, first, traditional homeschooling. Like that in itself can look like 10 billion zillion different things. But it basically means you are the parent, you are the teacher, you decide what your kids are learning and when they're learning it and how they're learning it and what they're doing. Um, a lot of states do not have any standards that have to be adhered to. Again, some will, so you need to make sure you know for your state. Um, but traditional homeschooling is not affiliated in any way with the public school, and you're basically on your own. You know, you pay for everything on your own. What else? What am I leaving out? I can't think of anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but what are some other options? Let's take a quick break. A family of blue people from the bright yellow planet take a fantabulous summer vacation trip all over the universe. Young Heon gets kidnapped by giant rats, and the whole family almost gets danced to death in outer space, but they still manage to go to intergalactic beaches, county fairs, nightclubs, motels, and they go shopping. On the podcast, I'll read from my middle grade novel version, and I'll play songs from the album. So come here, Space Vacation, the musical. And remember, the universe is like a song. The universe is like a song. Other options from the public schooling? I mean, or like, not public or schooling, like, sorry. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, sorry. It's been a long okay. weekend. <laughs> um, I know, same. Um, besides like traditional homeschooling, because a lot, some people are afraid to traditionally homeschool their kids. Some people are afraid that they're not going to cover what need, what they think needs right. to be covered, that their kids are going to be, and here's some more air quotes, behind. Um, and that's not necessarily the case, but some people do make choices that are affiliated with another entity, whether that's a public school um, or whatever. So maybe if we talk a little bit about those, because I know since Beth is in California, that hers looks a lot different than mine. And we have a lot of our listeners who are dealing with, you know, with those options. So maybe we'll just talk a little bit about the different options. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. So there are, um, charter schools, um, that are homeschool. They're, they're homeschool charter schools. Um, <laughs> And Which some sounds states, really confusing. <laughs> some states have them and some states don't. Um, and it's publicly funded. So it still technically falls under those state um, standards. Like you're still supposed to meet them in the state And you're monitors. technically considered a public school student. 
Yes. Even though your mom is your teacher and she tells you what and when and how to a school. Right. Yeah. And most, in most homeschool, many homeschool charters, you're allowed to, the moms are allowed, parents are allowed to choose the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them aren't, every homeschool charters run very differently also. So if you are For in sure. a state with homeschool charters, make sure to shop around and find one that fits what you want. Like make sure it, it fits because some of them in California, some of them have a lot of paperwork every day for the parent to do. And you have yeah. to follow all these things and jump through all these hoops and be a certain amount of time at their learning centers and, and different things like that. And other ones are really where it's really fully parent choice and, um, and you only have to mark down attendance. Um, so um, you still have to meet with the, your educational specialist once a month and, and stuff like that, but it's not some anyway, I'm scattered, but some of them are a lot more work than others. And so really shop around and find out if you really want somebody uh, holding your hand through it and to get you used to it, you might want some, a charter that has a lot more involvement, but you might also with that quickly find that you don't want to be as involved (laughs) and you want to have more control over how it works for your child. And also with the charter schools, I like to say that if you are assigned an ES or a teacher, whatever they're called at that school, everyone calls them different, something different, mm-hmm. make sure that it's a good fit for your family. And if it's not, you have every right to request a different teacher. I totally sure. have that right. And that's something you should not hesitate to do. For sure. And so if we're talking about charters in like a state like California, where many of our listeners are, the big draw for charters is usually that they offer a budget of educational funding for your family and that can be that can sound really confusing because people are like wait they're going to pay me to homeschool wait they're going to give us money they don't give you any money you just say like here's how i would like to allocate some of my funds please send this much money to a theater class for my children please send this much money to parkour class for my children i'd like to buy this curriculum please send that money to buy that curriculum Um, So they're not giving you any money or anything, but that is the big draw is that they are giving you funding. And in, there are a lot of people who do not want that funding. They do not want it because it comes with some strings attached. It comes with, you know, maybe you have to do testing. Maybe there's going to be more oversight. Maybe homeschooling becomes at risk of being taken away as a choice in your state. Um, So there are a lot of reasons why people choose not to use it. But then I think financially is probably the biggest reason why anybody would choose to use a charter. Absolutely. That is why we have been with a charter. But there have been some times when we've been ready to pull out of the charter um, based on some of the requirements that didn't feel right um, at times. And other times it's amazing. Like we're super grateful for it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. So um, that's charter school. Another option that people use as an umbrella school, which you might hear is like a private school satellite program or a private satellite program. Um, that one is basically a, it's kind of like the opposite of a charter school. It's like somebody else is keeping your records um, as far as filing within your state or whatever. Um, but, and they may host various things and have various things. They may give you ideas for how to help your kids. Um, they may have assessments that can be done, whatever. But usually you have to pay them to belong to that umbrella school. So instead of the charter, you know, allocating funds for your children, you're having to spend money to belong to that to that satellite program. But some people like that there is 
kind of somebody watching out for them, kind of somebody, um, you know, in charge of making sure they've jumped through all their hoops. And, you know, for sure that I, there are a lot of play, a lot of places in the United States where umbrella schools are pretty prevalent because people feel a little bit of comfort and safety knowing that somebody else is there kind of, you know, looking over what they're doing. What else? Um, there's independent study options. Um, I, I don't like those ones. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to, I, I would, that is just something that's usually through your school district. Um, right. and it's really like where it, it's so boring. I, I actually <laughs> did it at, in high school and it was uh -huh. just like, it was so boring. They give you like a packet for science, a packet for English, and you go home and you just read a paragraph and then fill out the worksheet. And that's all you do. And, and, it's and so then, I'm sorry, it was so <laughs> but then again, with um, independent study, you are a public school student. Yes. And you have to be a homeschooler. Yeah. And, and at that time, at the one I was in, I would meet with my teacher. I can't remember if it was weekly or every other week um, at that time and turn in my packets and she would grade them and they give me more. Um, yeah. If sounds super fun, it was just not my thing, but <laughs> It's, it was, it wasn't fun for somebody that it, it, it was, it was just, I don't think that's fun. <laughs> Kids should love learning in my opinion. And it was just like, it was just a way to check, check box, you know, and yeah. check the lists, whatever the, I can't think of anything normal to say checklist box <laughs> okay. boxes lists, but yes, that thing, um. but yeah, no. <laughs> okay. So again, that would be like a public school option if you felt like you needed to pull your kid out, but you didn't want to be in charge of their schooling. You were just taking them out of the public school setting. Um, another option is online school. Again, online schooling um, through a place like K-12 is is public school your child your children are enrolled in public school they are required to you know log in at certain times and to do certain work and they are graded and that's technically public school not homeschooling some people do try to do the online schooling there are some other ones that are that are you know ones that you pay for um that you can have your kids do a specific program. And again, you just have to log on, you know, certain days and times, do certain work. It's all graded by them, whatever. Um, kind of different than homeschooling where you decide what your kids are going to learn. You know, your kids help decide what they want to learn. You do lots of hands-on learning. You go out and do classes, you do whatever. It's definitely different than somebody else saying, here's what you're going to do. Here's when, when you need to do it. And then they grade it and, you know, go from there. But that is an option that some people choose. And I do think when kids are older, probably if, if you want to have like them take a, maybe a couple online classes or something like that. So they learn about working with other teachers or, yeah. uh, or something that, you know, I think that yeah. that's not a bad thing. I, I just, I don't think it, I wouldn't recommend it as a complete program though. I think that'd be right, really exactly. hard, yeah. but like have a couple classes where they learn how to follow deadlines and. Um, work with other teachers, you know, I think that's good. But. For sure. And I think too, that, I mean, it's different to say like, oh, hey, we're going to enroll in this class that my kid's interested in or that my kid needs to take for high school or whatever. Right. Um, 
rather than they are an enrolled public school student with this program that's going to be handling all of their schooling. Right. Um, definitely different. But I agree. I mean, like we have done, you know, some online stuff, um, whether it's just a one day class or, you know, a few weeks class or a whole semester. Um, my oldest has d did dual enrollment for a couple of years in high school. I mean, there's definitely benefits to learning um, how to how to function in today's world with technology. And I am not a technology fan, and I'm also terrible at it, which is which doesn't doesn't help me. But um, I mean, there's definitely a benefit to your kid knowing how to function in that setting and to go, you know, if they go to college to know how to function in that setting when they get there. It's kind of nice. Yeah, totally. Okay, so you pulled your kids out of school. You're trying to figure out how you're going to school them. You're like, okay, well, we're just going to be traditional homeschoolers. That's what we're going to do if that's what you chose in your state. Um, and then what? What do you do? Do you just like, okay, you stopped school yesterday, and today you're going to sit down from 9 to 3, and you're going to do schoolwork all day long? That would be so sad. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm begging you, please don't do it. Um, okay, sorry. No, but there is a um there's a school of thought that all kids that are that are coming out of public school into a homeschooling setting should be de-schooled. De-schooled is not the same as unschooling. Um, de-schooled is more like changing your mindset and getting out of that public school mindset of thinking here's this work that has to be done i'm going to check the boxes off and i'm going to move on and moving into the mindset of here are things that i want to learn to accomplish my goals and to find my passions and whatever and then being able to move in that direction as opposed to what are the minimum i need to do to check these boxes off and move on yeah, I, I know some kids that have once they left the public school setting and um, started homeschool programs have thought that they weren't actually learning as much. But what it was is they weren't producing the same amount of work, right? But they were they were learning more. So in their minds, because they were so used to producing so much like busy work. Yeah, like written work. Yeah. Um, but that, that to them was the accomplishment, not understanding that the part that's the important part is it learning and retaining it and, and, and loving the journey. Yeah, exactly. And that, and so I mentioned de-schooling and that really is different than unschooling. Like unschooling is really, it doesn't have to do with leaving public school. It has to do with letting your kids set, um, be kind of make the decisions and how they're educated, not saying like you need to sit down with a workbook or this is what you need to learn this year, or this is what you need to learn in fifth grade or whatever. It's basically saying like, enjoy your day and, you know, learn what you learn and we can talk about it and we can go more in depth about it and whatever, but not really directing, not really being the person directing your child's learning. Instead, they're directing their own education. Okay, so de-schooling. The formula that a lot of people talk about for de-schooling. Um, a lot of people say for every one year that your child was in a traditional public school setting, um, 
that you would de-school for one month. So if your kid has been in public school for five years, you would de-school for the next five or for the first five months that you become homeschoolers or home educators. Um, but it really is just the period of adjusting out of that public school mindset and into the mindset of of being a home a homeschooler or home educator instead and of you know what you've been used to all of this time. So I have not honestly read anything about de-schooling, but it sounds amazing. It sounds like a really good idea because we all probably need to do that as as the uh, educator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, <laughs> de-school for sure. Um, oh my gosh, yes. So I mean, I needed to do that, and I didn't know that I needed to do that when I first started homeschooling my son. So, um, one thing I was wondering though, is would it it sounds like to me, like I would recommend, um, making sure that, um, you still limit screen time with devices during that time. It's not just like necessarily a free for all, um, but that you take your child to the library, have them pick out books and different subjects and just expose them to as many educational things like if they're on if they do want to be on youtube or something say like okay well let's find some educational fun documentaries or learn about animals or just make sure that they have access to a huge variety of educational opportunities and yeah during that time it's not necessarily sure. like the kid gets depressed laying around on instagram all day <laughs> oh gosh yeah so. no. um well, and I think too, that's, that's the key is that having educational opportunities around for them, you know, playing games and just having fun together and reading books and going out and enjoying the world and, you know, working on the relationships part of it. Like, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's super important to make sure that they're not just sitting around now doing nothing like, well, I'm done with school now. I just get to be home all the time. Like, no. So def, I mean, definitely you want, you want to have those opportunities all, all there. And I mean, I think honestly, for me, I think that's the ideal all the time. Have yeah. books around that my kids are interested in, have games around that they're interested in, have, you know, puzzles and engaging things that they can, you know, already out that they could be like, oh, I'm going to start this art project or, oh, I'm going to do this. It really, I think, lets them take the lead. Yeah. on what they're learning, but you're still making sure that the stuff is there so that they have that, that environment for learning. And also we did talk about it earlier, but making sure during the de-schooling time, you are actively involved in outside activities, um, in, in homeschool groups, church groups, scouting, whatever groups yeah. that your theater, whatever things your children are interested in, make sure they're involved and getting out there a lot with other kids. Let's take a quick break. Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think that's important too because if they've been in a traditional school (laughs) setting and they're used to making those connections like daily sitting next to the same kids every year. I mean, I grew up in a small tool, small tool. I did not grow (laughs) up in a small tool. I grew up in a small town though. And like, 
I, you basically sat next to the same kids every year, you know, based on what your last name was. And, um, you know, you're kind of in that model of like, that's where you aren't supposed to socialize, but those are the kids that you're around every day. And all of a sudden you're now at home every day by yourself. You do not want that to ruin your child's experience with being able to be homeschooled um, because they're lonely now. You want right. to make sure, you know, even if, even if they were lonely in public school, which we know happens a lot. And we know that, that a lot of times in school, people feel like I don't have any friends or I'm, you know, being treated a certain way or whatever it is. We don't want them to now come home and be like, oh, now I'm lonely because I'm homeschooled. We want to be sure they still have those opportunities to, you know, to meet people and be with people and spend time with others and start to forge some really good relationships. Okay. So de-schooling and unschooling, not the same thing, but um, even if you don't go by the formula that's like the one month for every year your child has been in school, um, it is recommended that you do it for, you know, at least a month, if not a few months, just to really like help them start to figure out how they want to learn, what they want to learn, start to come up with a plan, you know, together with you, really get to, to really kind of, you know, immerse yourselves in in this new way of learning together, which is cool. It is really cool. And just when your children do figure out their favorite ways to learn and, and they help pick and choose the classes that they're going to be taking or doing, or, or this, the, the curriculum they're using during their next school year, like it's amazing mm -hmm. how much good input they have, um, in, in their choices. And, um, it's, it really takes the weight off of me too. When they're a participant, it's not as stressful because they're my partner in it. And it's really cool. Kids are yeah. really amazing when they learn how to recognize their own strengths and their passions. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I totally agree. Like I totally, I totally agree. I can't remember if I talked about that in that blog post that we just put out today. Um, but if not, it'll be in a blog post that's coming out soon because I know I just wrote something about that recently. But it like really every year um, and we've been homeschooling for 14 years now. We're coming to the close of our 14th year. Um, every year I sit down with my kids and we plan out. I sit down with each kid individually and then I sit down with all of them together and we plan out like, OK, what do you want to focus on this year? How do you want to accomplish that? what things sound like or what classes would you like to take what things are you kind of thinking you might be interested in but you haven't really been exposed to them a lot that we can look further into and then once i have all of those ideas from them i'm like okay now i need to figure out like how can i find access to these types of classes or this type of you know some sort of learning environment where they can learn all of these things and then I present those to them, whether that's showing them like, okay, here's some different workbooks that I came up with, or here's like, you know, this online class that we could try, or here's something at the library that they're hosting, whatever it is. And then I let the kids really help to guide how they're going to learn those things. And I can tell you, like Beth said, it's when they have chosen that, like their buy-in is so much greater. They are so much more invested in it. And the other cool thing is if for whatever reason it is not working i can say hey that didn't work out the way we thought it would we're gonna change that we're gonna find a different way to do this and we don't have to finish this curriculum that we don't like right we and don't have to keep you doing can point any of that. out you can well you can ask them questions you can say 
what was it that didn't work about it? And so that mm-hmm. when we're looking for things in the future, you will know what to avoid. And for sure. Um, and it's really cool. It's just so neat to, to see, like, I mean, I've learned about myself, how I learn from watching mm-hmm. my kids figure out how they learn. It's really awesome. Yeah, totally. And I mean, letting them recognize that helps them going out into the world too. If they recognize, like, I don't really retain stuff if I just read it play out of a plain old book, but I can retain it if I listen to an audio book or if I do a project or whatever, for them to learn that now is going to help them as they go out in, you know, into the world as an adult too. Um, even if that's, you know, whether they choose to go to college or they choose to go into some sort of trade or whatever, having that information as you learn, even if it's just like, I'm going to be a stay at home mom and I want to learn about this passion so I can help teach my kids or teach a class in the community or whatever, knowing that they can find the best way to learn about that thing, like invaluable, like, dude, it's so cool. Um, Okay, so we've kind of talked about what to do. You've pulled your child out. You've picked a curriculum or kind of how you're going to go about that. You've kind of started to figure out through de-schooling what your child's learning style is, how they learn best, what they're interested in. Um, and kind of the next thing to come up is is setting a schedule or a routine or a rhythm for your family and deciding, like, does it have to look like public school at home? Or can it look completely different in ways that do not resemble public school at all? That is a gigantic topic, though. That is like such a, I mean, it really can decide the entire culture of your household and what home educating is for your family. So we are going to actually address that in our next podcast because that is going to require a lot of time and we're going to have a lot of different things to talk about about that. Um, So tune in next week because we will be talking about whether you have to sit down and do schoolwork from eight to three, Monday through Friday, nine months out of the year or not when you're homeschooling. Oh my gosh. I wonder what the answer is. I don't know. What could the answer be? Maybe we'll find out next week. In the meantime, thank you guys for tuning in. Oh my gosh. It's been so exciting to be, have people message me and reach out to me and just be like, oh my gosh, we listened to your podcast. It was super fun. And nobody even cared that we were total dorks and that we totally mess up and just like laugh at weird times when we shouldn't be. Like nobody even cared. They said it was fine. So thank you guys for reaching out. You know, what would be super duper helpful is if you also like click the little thing that says rating. It's like a little star or something. Or like write a little thing that says like, oh, Emma, they're amazing. Maybe don't write that because then it'll sound like it's my words saying it, but you get the picture. Like if you could really like give us a review, that would be super duper helpful. I kind of feel if, like I'm pimping us out here, but I'm trying not to. If you really like us, um, you, if you could share also, just share with your oh, friends yeah. and let them know. Cause we do want to help people that want to homeschool because it can be a little overwhelming at first. So if we For can sure. help people figure this out, we want to do that. Totally. And I mean, I will tell you that throughout all of my years of running a group, I, there were so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I am putting so many hours into this, into parts of it that aren't for my kids, into parts of it that aren't like reaping rewards in some way for my family, but they were reaping rewards in my heart because people were reaching out and they were scared and they were worried and they didn't know how to do this and they thought they were going to fail their kids. And 
they really just needed someone who has been there to be able to say, you're going to be okay. Your child's going to be okay. They're going to be able to thrive in this environment. And let me, let me help you get on your path and being able to do that for families. Like it's, it's amazing. So really like Beth and I really want to be able to use this platform to be able to help other people because we have been there and we have been through so many crazy things like in our homeschool lives that dude, if you are dealing with it, we've probably been there too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sharing is caring. So yes, we yeah. share also <laughs> like Beth said. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. We're really grateful. Totally, totally for reals we are. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I don't know what it was. so much for listening today. If you find value in our podcast and would like to support the show and help cover our monthly costs, we have several ways to do that. You can become a $3 a month supporter, shop our merchandise store or our show sponsors, and rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for your continued support of our show and for sharing it. Yes, thank you.